What's happening? Welcome back, or welcome in if you are uh, waking up a little bit later here on this Monday. It's Jay Martin Ramone here on 104.5 The Zone. Jason Martin Ramone, foster 11 years he played in the NFL. He's also a Vol for Life and Jonathan Schaefer. 16 years he played at Sam Houston State. Mm-hmm. He was there through seven different head coaches. Survived, and then yesterday watched Sam, Sam Houston State win that game mm-hmm. over South Dakota State. Looking forward to that ring, boys. Yeah, you are. <laughs> I heard he also taped ankles before the games also. Mm-hmm. You did it all, man. Everything, man. Did it all. Lined the field. You lined the field, too? Cut the grass. More you can do. Mm-hmm. More you can do. Got to be flexible. Got to be flexible. Got to be flexible. You got to be available. Especially if you're going to play in college for 16 years. <laughs> How'd you keep getting eligible? Yeah, it's the eligibility that <laughs> Sam Houston stays a little bit lax in uh, – he- I, the story was he paid three quarters of his uh, tuition. I was taking North Carolina classes. How <laughs> <laughs> a legend! Oh, wait a second, we talking about fake classes in Chapel Hill? <laughs> <laughs> I thought maybe we were just like making fun of where I went to middle not and high not. school, like primary <laughs> school class. Mm-mm, not this time. Well, we we're talking Tar Heels, but <laughs> if you want to go there, you can. So uh, let's talk about um, Wontarius Bryant. Yeah, this is trash. I'm talking. I, I mean, when I saw this, I was just like, "Really, man? Dumps or juice? Absolute garbage." Wontarius Bryant, who played in the secondary at Austin P, showed up for Falcons rookie minicamp this weekend in Flowery Branch, as a lot of people did. Uh, the Titans had who was the Memphis quarterback at a Vandy wire. Yeah, a lot of undrafted guys um, there. Kicker from uh, yeah. Ohio State. This happened. Might first. actually have a shot. According to Wyatt, the Ohio yeah, State kicker in particular, that. he might have a shot. Tryout thing happens. I've uh, Alejandro Villanueva is a tryout kid. He mm. went to a regional combine first, so this happens. It's not abnormal. You know what I'm saying? So, Bryant never was contacted directly by the Falcons, but got a text message from a 404 area code, Atlanta's area code, and the text message said it, that it was Dean Pease contacting him. So he showed up to get ready for his chance, and he was turned away because the Falcons, there was nothing there. It was a hoax. Somebody trolled him and sent him a text message. I don't don't even know what to say because he's got to be over the moon. He's getting his opportunity, and then this happens. Now, you look at it, it's like, should he have gotten an opportunity? Well, he began as a walk-on at Austin P, but then he was first team all Ohio Valley by his senior season. 107 tackles, played 43 games for Austin P, 242 tackles, eight passes defended, three forced fumbles and an interception mm-hmm. for ESPN. So it's not like he was not on the field at all. He's the kind of guy maybe you would bring in as part of something like this, yeah. like we were just talking about. It's inter- I mean, look. Can you look at it and say, yeah, you probably should have been contacted officially, not just believed a text? Yeah. But we've all gotten hoaxed. We've all gotten got by yep. somebody that doesn't have a check mark by their name on Twitter that you think is legit news. It turns out not to be legit news. You've all, we've all been pranked at some point in our lives. The problem here is it's just like your heart's got to be shattered yeah. if you're this kid and screw the person that would do this to anybody. The person who sent that text message, who thought it was funny enough for them to allow him, even after the joke was done, with them personally, to drive down to Atlanta. And and 
to answer some questions around why he drove down to Atlanta. One, Austin P is just right here. I'm not sure where uh, he's from. Once Aries he's is from actually, Nashville. He's from Nashville. So it's a three and a half, four hour drive. That's easy to do. I'm sure if you're within driving range, you're going to drive to those cities. Okay. If you're from, let's say, Atlanta or you played at Georgia Tech, you can drive to Nashville for a trial. Heck, it's a trial. You're giving you an opportunity to be there. So that also makes sense, too. What doesn't make sense, though, is the fact that a person, the person behind this joke, this hoax, didn't at least hit him back and say, hey, man, I was playing around. And again, to that point about him having the accolades to be able to be able to do this, get a tryout, this is part of the way it goes. We look at the, the Titans uh, minicamp that they just had. Uh, who was it? Naquan Jones was the only defensive tackle. Mm-hmm. I think that was there. Mm-hmm. And he was given a shot and an opportunity this past weekend, too, simply because, let's be honest, you got to kind of fill it up with enough bodies to be able to do an offense versus defensive set for the most part. And that's what you're looking for at this time. And you might find a hidden gem in a year in which they're trying to find a cheaper way to get under the salary cap. All teams, you find guys who might be hidden gems. He is one of those kids, man, that got screwed over by somebody. If you are a friend, you are not a friend. If you happen to know him and you're just trying to get some payback on him, still terrible. Do you laugh this morning is what I got to ask you. Yeah, you would hope there's some level of remorse here after the fact. Again, I don't know, looking at the numbers or anything else, I don't know if anybody, if he had any inkling that anybody was interested prior to this. If not, if it came out of the blue and he was just super excited and didn't really look into it deeply enough, then you just chalk that up to being young and hungry and wanting your opportunity. Again, I, I don't know enough about him to know how legitimate his aspirations to potentially get a shot, even undrafted and, and being brought into a rookie minicamp situation. I don't know that situation. Yeah, no, it happens, though, too. And the thing is, you, you got to ask yourself, you know, a lot of people saying, well, shouldn't he have known they should have flew him in? Well, this is the thing, though, too. If you're a young guy, probably without a job right now, just finish up your college career, you can drive there, get reimbursed for gas, and they might give you a little extra coin just simply because you, the mileage and how they do it. It might cost a hundred to get there, and they might give you three fifty. You see what I'm saying? So mm-hmm. it all Absolutely. makes sense on why he drove down. And again, so I had this this conversation with my wife. Actually, she asked me during the draft when you know the guys are picking up the phones and stuff like that. It's like. You know, do they have their personal cell phone numbers or is it like a portal that they could call the guys through? And it never really dawned on me that anybody can have your phone number. They have these scammer machines where I can take your phone number, Jason, and call somebody else as you or at least text them as Mm -hmm. you. That's a possible thing to be Mm -hmm. done. And this might be pushing it as far as the NFL having a portal where they can directly contact guys or there's a way to verify that a team is calling a player because you really don't know. A text message is kind of fishy, but you got to think. There's a lot of stuff to either go through your email, through text, this generation of of the way you communicate. It ain't far-fetched. Again, on this type of weekend where he was maybe expecting being an all-OVC player, first team, he probably expected something. And then he correlated with the fact that it's the Tennessee Titans, a team, I mean, with the Atlanta Falcons, with Tennessee ties, with Dean Pease, Maybe they watched my film. Maybe they think did about that scout point. I mean, maybe. Look, it there's a lot here, up. and all of it sucks. All of it. And can I just say this, too? If it's on him, in which this is something he's put out there, and not being 
totally true too. You mean that this is a lie? I'm just saying because this ain't, you got to watch all sides. Well, of it. yeah, no, I understand. You know what I'm saying? But I understand what you're saying. It sucks regardless. I will say this: the statement that he put out is very classy, very mature. He even said, "Look, I don't want this guy's name out there. We don't need to humiliate this guy. I don't want to talk about this anymore." This, but here's what he wrote. I want to say thank you to everyone who's been in my corner while I've been pursuing my lifelong dream of playing in the NFL. Apparently, the opportunity of attending rookie minicamp with the Atlanta Falcons was not a legit opportunity. Someone contacted me from a 404 area code number pretending to be Dean Pease. I did not realize it was not a legit opportunity until I traveled to the facility for rookie minicamp check-in on Wednesday, May 12th. It's most definitely one of the most embarrassing things that's ever happened to me and a very humbling experience. Just want to apologize to everyone and the Atlanta Falcons organization for the mix-up. I honestly thought it was a legit opportunity on my end. I do not know or understand why this has happened, but I do know that everything happens for a reason. Yes, this was heartbreaking for me, but just another stepping stone that I'm not afraid to admit or overcome. At the end of this day, this will not make or break me. I will still continue to fight for my dreams because I know it's what I really want. I'm still striving and still in the best shape of my life when the opportunity presents itself I will be ready. What I find interesting is, yeah, it's great. Saying it's a humbling experience. You weren't arrogant, though. Mm -hmm. Like, you didn't need to be humbled in this way. Like, we all want to be more humble. And I think a lot of us, at least me, I pray for humility every single day, which reveals just how prideful I really Mm -hmm. am. But... It's not like you were out there touting yourself. You showed up, at least if you believe the story, and if if it turns out all of it is legit, you showed up for an opportunity that you felt was legitimate. Yeah. And you're a young kid, and maybe you didn't do all of the legwork. Hey, was this legit? I got something from DMPs. Or were you just excited, and you were over the moon, and so you made the trip, and you found that it wasn't legit. Regardless, if it's true and somebody decided this was the way to play a prank, that ain't it. No, boss. no. And I, I, so cousin T man is a guy that, that listened to us and he's listened to the story too. And just talking about how messed up it is. He, he follows a lot of the middle Tennessee sports. Like a lot of us do. And he said, the kid is legit. So it's not far fetched that he should have gotten a call or an opportunity or a trial. A trial is, has zero risk. Right. For the team. Right. Again, they'll reimburse him if he drive down or let's say if he was in, I don't know, St. Louis and had to fly in, they'll pay for the flight and send them back. That happens. But for a kid like this, um, who's all conference had the ability, that sucked. Uh, wh- whoever you are behind the text message, be proud of yourself for being the biggest scumbag on a Monday morning. Yeah, good for you. Good for you. Proud good of for you. you. Nice job, buddy. Proud of you. Like, I, I get it for whatever reason you thought it would have been funny, but to let it go all the way out, um, Man, you you you're a real cold piece of work, is what you are. Yep, it's good stuff yeah. for Wontavious Bryant. It's good stuff in terms of how he handled how it. he handled it. Yeah, you on the other hand, scuzzy, scuzzy at best. Coming up next, Coach Dave McGinnis. What did he see this weekend? What was his conversation with Jim Schwartz? How did that go? And we'll talk to him maybe about Wontavious Bryant. Also, he can tell us and, and let us into the world a little bit more about how these tryout situations are set up, whether or not Wontavious Bryant should have thought thought that this was a legitimate opportunity as well. All of that with Coach Mack next here on 104.5 The Zone.
Welcome back in, Jay Mart and Ramon here on 104.5 The Zone, along with NFL veteran, ball for life, Ramon Foster, Jonathan Schaefer. I'm Jason Martin. We're on Twitter at Jmart and Ramon. And right now, we're joined by Coach Dave McGinnis, brought to you by Farm Bureau Health Plans. Plan on Farm Bureau Health Plans for better coverage, better rates, and better customer service. They've been providing Tennesseans with the home field advantage for almost 75 years. Good morning to you, Coach. Hi, Jay Mart. Hi, Ramon. How are you guys this morning? Fine. Coach, good morning. Great. So, what did you see this weekend, Coach? I mean, first off, it's just good to be back out there. It's good to be seeing people. It's good to be seeing pads. It's good to be seeing dudes out there doing things. But what did you see? Well, I mean, it was – look, guys, this, this time, especially in, in this season, or starting of this season, following what happened last year mm-hmm. with a lot of these kids. I mean, there's, there's three aspects of this thing. I mean, they're not going – first of all, nobody's going full speed. Nobody's making or not making the team in this rookie mini camp. And, and, and Mike Vrabel and his staff, you know, approached it very, very wisely, just as most all of the staffs across the league are approaching it. You know, the, the first thing – I mean, there's three things – that we used to try to get out of a rookie mini camp. And the first thing, the first thing is, and I say rookies, you know, free agents, anybody else that is not a vested veteran that, 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 that you choose to have at this introductory, this is what this is. This is getting these guys both feet on the ground. So they realize where they are. I mean, they all come in from all different places and, and believe me, Ramon's sitting right there and can tell you, I mean, they're so nervous. They don't know whether they're foot or horseback. And I don't care whether you're a first round pick or you're a guy that's just been invited in for a tryout. Everything's brand new. So what you do is you try to give them a nice orientation about their, their daily routine, what's going to go on. Here's, here's where your meeting rooms are going to be. Here, here's where everything is laid out before the veterans get in there and everything starts ramping up. But when you when you look at it, and they you know they had I gave thirty one guys there, so they didn't have enough for you know for for two teams. I mean, Naquan Jones is the only defensive lineman they had, which was fine. This is about three things. First of all, it, it's about instruction and attention. You're trying to see if these guys will pay attention, not only to what's going on on the field, but what what everything, all the information you give them. Are they are they are they paying attention? And then the next thing you look at to see. As, as the days progress, is what kind of retention do they have? How do they retain it? What kind of retention do they have? Do you have repeat offenders? Mm-hmm. Do you have guys asking the same questions? Do you have, or do you have guys that are getting it? You make notes of those things, too, as a staff when you evaluate them every day. And the next thing you do, and the last thing you do is when you get on the field, what's the execution like? How can they take what you everything that they've learned, everything they've been exposed to, and then go out on the field? Because guys, let me tell you this, and it's not only it's not only here at the Titans, and I'm not really specifically talking about the Titans. I talk to a lot of people around the league, and I check to see with coaching staffs what one of these things these kids have missed just because of what they've gone through from the COVID to the truncated seasons to the opt-outs to a lot of things. The twenty-hour rule in college, they've missed a lot of fundamental yeah. work. Well, what, one thing I, a lot, yeah, a lot of fundamental work just coming in here. So this is what this was about, Coach. One thing I, I actually, Diana Rossini reported that a lot of people around the NFL, and this is just to your point, a lot of coaches were remarking that they were very surprised in a positive sense with the technique of the college players that were there this weekend. Like they were super impressed with these guys and they were surprised by it, but in a positive way. Yeah. And some of them have, and and, and there's going to be varying degrees of that, but some of them have missed a lot of it and it's not their fault. It's not their fault. 
So this, again, this introductory weekend for these rookies to their particular spots was to just get them familiar with their surroundings and familiar with what's going to go on because this learning curve is going to ramp up very quickly. Mike Vrabel, you know, is very uh, uh, smart the way that he's doing it. He's keeping these guys separate in meetings for, for the next week, you know, from the vets as to when they come in here because these guys just need time. I mean, you've got Ramon can, can tell you right there when he was in the league, they threw everybody in together at the same time. And you are scrambling to keep your head above water. You know, as a rookie coming in, when you're surrounded by vets that know it, that know it, and that know it at a greater speed than you know it. So I was, I was, in, I, I enjoyed being out there. I enjoyed seeing the coaches again, visiting with the coaches. I enjoyed just watching the players, just looking at them physically to see. But you're not going to draw any conclusions as far as who's going to make this team, who's not going to make this team off of this weekend. Yeah, that's what's so interesting, Coach, is the fact, like you said, my rookie year, we didn't actually have a rookie minicamp. It was the years afterwards in which they put it into play for us. So me being a vet looking at the young guys come in, you want to talk about nerves. You want And we talked about this earlier. You want to talk about not knowing what you don't know during this period, man, is something to be uh, brought to your attention real fast and up front. But to that point, though, too, about getting back to the rookie minicamp, though, um, who was more excited, the guys that were out there or the coaches? Because as you said, they we didn't have this luxury last year at all. No, well, the coaches look. Coaches aren't coaches unless they have players, you know. And I can I can tell you this, you know, from my you know a lot of years of doing it, three decades of doing it in the National Football League. As a coach, you want your players around because it really, if you're coaching for the right reasons, and most people that make it to this level in the uh, at, at, in this profession are doing it for the right reasons. You just want to help your players get better because you know as well as I do, Ramon, the, the, your position coaches that you respect are the ones that helped you get better. Oh yeah, you know, give you give you something that will help you be better, and you can't do that unless you're together. So yeah, they were they were the coaches. I think were really uh, having a enjoying it just because. When you want, you want to get on the grass with your players. It's about being a teacher and being a teacher at, 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 a, at, a, at a level that you get to watch guys develop and grow. And there's no greater time than watching them start out brand new. And so absolutely, the coaches were excited about it. And so were the kids. I mean, think about it. I mean, think about, you know, you're 21, 22, 23 years old, mm-hmm. and all of a sudden you, you are into a, life, a lifetime dream but it's just starting and it can be overwhelming. And that's why it's up to the people with experience, Mm -hmm. the coaches with experience that know how to, how to work, how to make these guys, their transition from an entirely different world to this world, a lot easier. Coach did anything in terms of just the size of any of the guys. I mean, I saw Jim Wyatt point out that Weaver is a very big dude in person, for example, was there anything that, that jumped out to you in terms of these guys, these newer Titans, the ones that we know about, even the ones that maybe we don't know about anything that, that, that as somebody with the experienced eyes that you have, that you saw that, that you definitely still remember today? Oh, well, I mean, I, I thought the two, I, you know, I, I thought Fitzpatrick and McMath, they, those guys, those guys look like uh, national football league receivers. Look, uh-huh. they're long. <laughs> they, I mean, those guys are, good sized dudes that can, you know, that have some movement skills. Radence looks like the real deal to me, just the way he carries himself. You know, he was, they had him on the right side, but I mean, there's some, there's certain ways that an offensive, a young offensive lineman carries himself and Ramon can speak to that. You can just tell, all right, this guy, this guy's going to have a real chance to do it. I mean, 
uh, Farley. I mean, come on guys. That's a, yeah. that's a, that's a physical specimen, uh, you know, at, at, out there, out there at the corner. Uh, and, and so to me, yeah, I mean, just physically, when you look at them and then as you brought up Weaver, I mean, Weaver's, you know, this is a big, long dude that, uh, and I said it, you yeah. know, when we, uh, at, during the draft, I mean, I was sitting, I was there with sitting there with Ramon and uh, I said it immediately. And, mm-hmm. and because Mike Keith asked me the question, what do you think? I said, you know, if every, if, if he stays healthy, this guy will be the third guy in the rotation pretty quick because he's got the requisite skills. Coach, um, a, a question that has to be brought to everybody's attention is the fact that the Titans medical staff really, I, I don't say, I don't want to say have their hands full, but they got some very important guys. They got to get back to the field. Um, and you hope, hope by week one or by camp, whenever it is, that's Bud Dupree, Taylor Lewan, and the first round draft pick this year, Caleb Farley. Um, I know you're very confident in, in, in their ability to do it because they've done it in the past, but how do you feel about the task that they have in front of them as far as managing these guys correctly, not listening to the outside chatter of they need to be on the field and doing what's important to the for for the players? Because those three that I mentioned, you, you want them on the field and you want them at their best selves also. Oh, yeah, I mean, you want them, you want them against the Cardinals is who you want them against, you know, and, and ready to go. And so, you know, Todd Torricelli is one of the most highly respected, you know, athletic trainers in the National Football League. I mean, I, I know Todd very well from from quite a while. He and his group, his whole medical group, they look. They are not going to. They're not going to to rush to rush anybody. The National Football League is is as and I just want to. I just want to say this. It's not about. You're not worried about any outside noise. If you're worried about outside noise influencing you, then you are in the wrong profession if you're going to be in professional sports mm-hmm. because you're, you're, you're visible. That's just life. You've got to do what you know is correct. And they absolutely know what's correct. And you're right. That's what they will work on. And, and, and the players, the players are the primary focus of this. They're the ones that will work on it. Ramon. Mm-hmm. They are the ones. And then as you well, as you well know, and I will say this, you know, after a lot of years of experience of this, the biggest thing that you have to do when a player is injured sometimes is protect him against himself. Because players want to do what? They want to get out there and play. And so you've got to use your expertise saying, look, the patience that you exhibit now and the the regime that you stay on now, it will pay dividends and you will be there and then you will be able to stay there when you get there. All of that stuff is very, very important. I've got the utmost confidence in uh, Todd Torricelli and the entire Titans medical group, because I, uh, you've seen what they've done. You saw what they did with Jeffrey Simmons. You just seen what they've done. And Mike Vrabel, Mike Vrabel is one of the best at managing players. He just really knows because look, he did it for a long time at a high level. Farley, you know, you can talk about the medical, but when you watched him, when you were looking at film and all that in the lead up to the draft, he was very impressive. Like you saw that from everywhere. It was really the medical that was holding him back. Um, if he plays the one comparison, like you saw him pop up on social media and he kind of said, look, I'm, he's basically calling his shot. He's coming out there and he's being outspoken. He's saying, I'm going to be good in this league and I'm going to go ahead and step out right now and do that. And AJ Brown was kind of like, Hey man, just show it. But I think he was giving him some respect and that could be fun in camp. But one comparison I continually have heard about Caleb Farley is Cortland Finnegan. You know, Finnegan very, very well coach. Uh, Is that an apt comparison in any way? Well, I mean, I, I, I know Finney very well. In fact, I mean, you know, we, you know, not, not, I was not only here when we, when we drafted 
Cortland in the, in the seventh round, you know, uh, out of Sanford. I, I, I watched his development here. And then when we went to the Rams, we brought him there for a reason, just for that, not only his ability, but his attitude. But look, it, I mean, they're two different stories. Think about it. I mean, you know, Court was a safety at Sanford mm-hmm. in the seventh round. So he had to, he, you know, he, he came in and had to prove everything. Now, what he, what we knew, and then what we soon found out is there was a competitive spirit in that guy that was, uh, was just top notch. Mm-hmm. And that's exactly what you wanted. Let me, and, you know, Caleb Farley is a first round pick for a reason. This guy's extremely, extremely talented. And when you see him in person, you know, you go, well, okay, I get it. You know, I mean, you, I mean, it's just, it's just, he can be that guy. I don't mind. Let me just say this. All my years of coaching, I never, I want, I don't mind when a corner, because a corner has got to have supreme confidence. Mm-hmm. I coached a Hall of Fame cornerback in Aeneas Williams, one of the nicest human beings in the world, one of the most grounded human beings in the world. But you talk about saying, let me wear the hat. He would say it. Let me wear the hat. Wow. I can do this. Don't take that away from me. I can do this. Look, that position, that position demands it because if nobody knows anything, doesn't know anything about football and they go to a game, you know, regardless of whether they know a coverage or not, when there's a long pass thrown and there's a guy trailing them in the end zone, they go, well, that guy just got beat. It's kind of like being a kicker. People can know nothing about football, (laughs) but if a kicker misses a kick, they'll go, you know what? He wasn't supposed to do that. All right. So, a corner has to have supreme confidence. I've got no problem with that because I really, I, again, I don't know him yet, but from what I, I have seen and have talked to people that have worked with him where he was, this guy has got the work ethic and he's got the moxie that you need to wear the hat. Coach, there was a situation that happened this weekend with an uh, ex-Austin uh, P player um, as far as him being given a fake text phone call from Dean Pease in Atlanta as far as a tryout situation goes. Well, the people that's, that's wondering how that could happen in the world of the way tryouts work, um, maybe the line of communication was broken as far as him getting a text message instead of a call. But when a guy's getting a tryout, can you explain to them how that actually works out? Like there's not much stock in, in, in the commitment aspect of getting a guy to that city. Well, I mean, I just feel so bad for that for that yeah. for that player for that kid. Look, he had no he has no idea how the National Football League works. We just started this segment off talking about these guys that are that are that are vetted and and they know they're coming. They still don't know what's going on, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, I feel so bad for that kid and that you know whoever did that. I mean, it's just Scumbag. I mean, I don't know what the word. Yeah, I don't know what the word is. Yeah, I do know what the word is. I can't <laughs> say it on the radio. I mean, I do know that's just that that's that's despicable. I mean, to do that to that kid, that kid has got no fault of his own. And I, I, I tell you, that I know the Falcons feel bad about it, too, because they had nothing to do with it. But, you know, the hopes and dreams and aspirations of these kids. And I can I can very easily see how that could happen, especially in, in this time where everybody's been shuttered. I mean, they had a truncated season there, you know, at, at Austin P. I mean, look, that to me is it, a human being that does that, that sits and, and willfully thinks out. This will be a good idea to make somebody feel really small when they think they have a chance to at least start to recognize, which I know was probably a, a dream of this of this kid. That's horrible. That is, I, I, 
I could say the word, but I couldn't be on the show for a while. So <laughs> how, how much how, how much contact would somebody like that have with the organization? Because that's what we were trying to figure out and, and that you probably had some inside knowledge about. It. Like, this isn't a first-round draft pick. This is somebody being invited to a tryout. Like, how does that process work? How many how many phone calls come in? How ma- What should he have expected? Like, it seems to me if he believed that was Dean Pease, I could see why that would be enough for him, but I'm just curious how much actually goes into this kind of situation. Oh, much more. I mean, you're going to have the area scout. You're going to have the scouting director. I mean, look, that that look the poor player, the young player, he had no idea what the protocols would have been. None. I know exactly. He look. He would have had. He would have had at least, you know, five or six calls. He would have. He would have had. He would have had the director of operations call saying, "This is this is how you're going to get here. Here's your flight, or here's here's what we'll here's what we'll pay mileage wise since you're coming from Nashville. If you're going to drive, I mean, he, look, there would have been there would have been a long line of there is a long line of communication. So I mean, this this poor kid was catfished, and whoever did it is should feel really, really proud of themselves because that was despicable. Well, he handled himself with utter yeah, class yeah. after the fact, too. Like, every word that's come out of here, he just – it's a master class in maturity in a, in a really embarrassing situation where he just takes ownership for just getting it wrong. And I hope it really works out for him as a result you know of all You know this. what, though, Jay Mart, and I don't want to talk over you, but that, that kid's got nothing to apologize No, he doesn't. I agree. He I did, agree. He did, he did – that, that young man did nothing wrong. All he did was get excited about a, a, an opportunity that he thought had come his way. He had no idea what the protocols are. So, look, uh, my, my heart goes out to, to guys like that because I know how important it is to them. I've dealt with hundreds of them over my 30-plus years of coaching because it's a dream, and it is a lifelong dream. And then to have somebody uh, purposely shatter it mm-hmm. just because they think it's cute, not cool. Yeah, I mean, him saying he was humbled, it's just like, yeah, but you weren't arrogant about this. Like, you didn't need to be humbled. Like, no. this wasn't a situation where you needed to be taken down a peg. This was this was just somebody doing something very mean-spirited. And yeah, it sucks. Yeah, That's yeah. just all there is to say about it. Mean-spirited is a really nice way of saying it. Yeah, it, it, look, we're, uh, we try to do it on the radio <laughs> terrestrially here, yeah. but you know exactly where we are. Coach, it's always a pleasure, man. We love starting our Mondays with you. Guys, it's the same for me. Thanks, guys. See you. Thank you. That's Coach Mack. He's brought to you by Farm Bureau Health Plans. Farm Bureau Health Plans, it's like an extra set of pads in your health care coverage when you need them the most. They've been protecting Tennesseans since 1947. Fun fact, that was Coach Dave McGinnis' first year in the NFL. Be right back. It's Jay Hartnamone, 104.5 The Zone. There we go. Man. Yeah, I'm watching the elephant video (laughs) on repeat right now. We just tweeted it out. Both of us did. At Ramon Foster, (laughs) at Jmart Radio. Uh. I told you not to film me. I told you. Saw that phone come up, and he was, boom. Just hand me the peanuts, lady, and move it. It's Jay Martin Ramon here on 104.5. Just on welcome back. So it was an elephant that just smacked a woman with its trunk, basically. Oh yeah, right right God. in the face. It was an octopus slap. It was a big-time octopus slap. It was. I, I don't like being <laughs> the subject of your bad phone photography. No pictures, please. That's how my allergies feel. That's how my sinuses feel this morning. Golly, All I'm the count smacked. is high. Yeah, I'm getting smacked this morning, dog. Whew. Like this, like this chick. 
Yeah, no, for real. That's how I feel. I'm between I wish, I wish everybody could see this. I know you're not on Twitter to be able to see it, but we did just retweet it out. And it's it's classic. It's classic. It's a solemn one. There's always a good there's always a few good animal attack videos. Yeah. Boy, when Ramon came in this morning, he didn't even sound like himself when he was like yeah. Sub yeah. because of the allergies. You all choked oh, out there for it, twenty minutes. No, for real. This is being at baseball parks all weekend, dog. Got to do it to you. Plus, you said the pollen count is high today, anyway. What I saw on Twitter, I'm just, ma- I'm not making it up, but I haven't looked it up directly. But I've seen pollen mentioned many times today already. Yep, that'll do it. Tree so, pollen's currently high. That's the there tree pollen, tree and grass pollens. Yep, sure, what? sounds good. I looked it up over the weekend. I thought it was just one pollen. No, oh, no. Oh, the no. Yellow, the yellow stuff. Oh. Yeah, the, 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 the yellow. Oh, which one is? So there's green and yellow there. Yellow's the stuff that They're I don't awful. want to be near. Oh. All of it's awful. Yeah, your boy over here sounding congested. That's the life we live. Pollen season. Pollen season. That's <laughs> the end. Pollen season is not a season of lies. It's a real thing. A to, put a, to put a bit of a bow on the um, situation with Wontarius Bryant, do you think now he gets some kind of opportunity somewhere as a result of this story? I mean, it's a meritocracy in the NFL, although some people are then going to roll their eyes and say, what about Tebow in Jacksonville? (laughs) Does this guy actually just finish college? Right. You know? Right. Do you think maybe somebody gives him an opportunity? I was about to make a point, and then you bring up Tebow, though. I was about to say the NFL ain't a charity Choosing league. Violence. I know. I was about to say the well, it's NFL. It's not a charity league. I, mean, I know, but don't you feel like the Tebow situation is almost charity in a sense? I, I don't know because I, I haven't seen it yet. Have they signed him yet? If it, no, I don't think so. Urban Meyer's still making a final decision. This is one of them unless you're going to do it. Type of yeah. <laughs> unless you're going to do it. What would be hilarious is if they don't actually do it. After all of this for like Spending. almost a week and it turns out it's nothing. Between that and Travis Etienne, hybrid wide receiver, I I understand nothing anymore. Me either, and that's probably the way Urban wants it. Only thing, uh, thank you. I don't know what it is. He's either the biggest genius we've ever seen or he's a numbskull that's about to be exposed in his own brain for not being as smart as he thought he was. One of the two. There's not going to be a middle ground no, here. There's no middle ground. Only person happy about ETN being at wide receiver, as I told you earlier, is James Robinson. That's it. I mean, it. I don't know. Uh, what one Terrius, though, does he deserve a shot? From my understanding and people that that's watched him, he's a very good player. Um, but, again, being very good doesn't mean you get an, get an opportunity. Uh, I would like to say the NFL isn't a charity type of situation. It's like, oh, come on in here and get you a, a, a pat on the back, and you know we'll check you out. Maybe somebody get injured. Uh, well, get injured. It'll be easier for tryouts this year, moving away from the pandemic. Where last That's year they were pretty much non-existent. Or bringing a guy in after somebody gets injured. But no. again, as you've said, it's not a giant risk here. No, it's no risk. So that's much. why I think maybe somebody does it because. Even if he's not on your radar, just the PR and the optics are relentlessly going to be in your favor. It's going to be a positive decision to make mm-hmm. just because you get to be kind of the happy ending to yeah. a really garbage story. What's wild is if he does get that opportunity, let's say even in training camp, and this kid makes the roster in some type of way, maybe special teams or just it's probably what's going to be his position if he's not on the roster right now. 
But that'll be a heck of a story, a heck of a turnaround. And I would, he, and the thing about his situation is the person that did it knows him. That's what's so sucky about it is they know him. Yeah, they have to. This isn't just some random, I mean, you have to have had his phone number, first of all. Yeah. Maybe there's some real bad thing that this kid did to somebody else. We don't know. That they didn't know about. Maybe cut him off in traffic or something. I, I don't know what it would be. Maybe you didn't wave to him in the neighborhood. Yeah. You wave to him in the neighborhood. Hey. You still going? How was hey. she? I have not seen her, but I did ask. I asked Abby. I was like, Abby, I, if they listen to the show, they, they might figure out it's them. And Abby was like, and? Oh. That was her response was, and? Savage. <laughs> That's why I married her. I married her all over again after that line. Savage. Six one five seven three seven one zero four five. Teresa Walker. In twenty five minutes, we'll talk. We'll talk about Titans over the weekend. We'll certainly talk about the Preds. We'll talk about this situation a little bit more with the Austin P DB getting catfished. Slay is up. Yeah, He's yeah, on yeah. YouTube. Says he was catfished he like that when he was younger, but he got that it was a joke afterwards. That can be crushing. I bet it was. Crushing. He still doesn't know where his mama's Beretta went. I'm still not sure he was, owned that car. Was that the catfish right there? I'm still pretty sure he didn't own that car. We definitely know he Somebody didn't parked that. that car there for three days, and his mom's like, that's your car. And then it disappeared. He's like, I don't know what happened to my car. Reminds me when somebody stole my bike. Hashtag fastest four hours in radio, fourth hour next here on The Zone.